Well, welcome to another episode. This is episode six of A Funny Story About Money. Once again, I'm really excited about my guest. Uh, we just met probably six months ago, yep. something like Number that. Six. And uh, this guy's got a really cool story that I'm excited to hear. And, and we sort of just hit it off immediately. We had a meeting and we talked about what we were supposed to talk about for about 30 seconds. And then we just talked about Connor McDavid for like an hour and a half. <laughs> so we work together, but I don't know that we've ever really done that much work because we just like to talk about the Oilers. And we'll probably get into McDavid near the end of the episode. But uh, my my sixth guest is Nathan McLaughlin, and he owns three unbelievable restaurants with his partners in Edmonton, just off White Ave. So it's the Next Act Pub, Meat, and Pip. Welcome, Nathan. Hey, thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. <clears throat> so, uh, you, you know, and and we'll get into the restaurants, but what, maybe just tell me a little bit about yourself and, and anybody that's listening. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> I guess I, I'm, I'm 40 years old. Um, I started cooking when I was 14 years old. Uh, one of my business, one of my current business partners, Salish Haas, she, uh, introduced me to, uh, Earl's and I started off dishwashing, uh, from there. Um, kind of liked the business and I kept dishwashing, kind of moved through up the ranks so, uh, with the Earls and Joey company. Uh, started to uh, <clears throat> started to really like it, like the camaraderie, like the, the little family environment that it had. Uh, it, it came to when I was about 21, I believe I woke up and kind of thought, what am I doing with my life? Um, and the only thing I really knew how to do was cook. Right. So I decided to... Uh, Leave the leave uh, Joey 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 Tomatoes at the time, and I wrote up my resume and I walked down Jasper Ave, dropping off resumes at all these different restaurants because I, I thought that I wanted to go to school for culinary. Um, I ended up going to the Union Bank Inn. I met met my first chef Brian Ledbetter, and um, he hired me on, and I, I did my three years of school through him. Um, that was my promise to him: is I would do three years with him, and then I'd move on. Uh, you know, to greener pastures for what I thought. Um, I ended up leaving there, going to the Hotel McDonald. And after about uh, about three years, I accumulated enough debt, as most cooks like to do. <laughs> and I decided that I, I, had, I had debt collectors calling me and threatening to take me to court and to do this. And I, I, I knew I needed to do something, but I still loved to cook. Um, my next option was to go up into camp, mm -hmm. start working the camp job. So that's what I did. Um, I, I ended up working on camp for about four years until I think I was about 30. And, uh, that, that was fun. I mean, it had, had its ups and downs. Um, I, I was able to, uh, work, you know, work my ass off out there, be able to afford a house and, and, uh, to buy a vehicle and furnish my house and actually pay off my debt. So that, that made me feel really good. And from there I had, uh, my best friend, uh, Mike, Mike Balkan, who I've known since I was five. So we're on 35 years right now, which is pretty, pretty unbelievable. He called me up and asked if I would be willing to 
basically take a pretty big risk and open up a pub on White Avenue um, called The Next Act. I wasn't super familiar with with White Ave uh, as I was uh, kind of more of a North End guy. And a Jasper guy? <laughs> yeah. Because you worked on Jasper Yeah, Ave. I was a Jasper Ave. Yeah, North End. I was North of the River guy. Um, but any, anyways, he asked me if I was uh, wanted to team up with our other business partner, Salish, uh, who, we, who we've known through high school and uh, open up, uh, take over an existing restaurant called The Next Act. So it's getting pretty, I was getting pretty sick of the camp life. Like how long were your shifts up there? Uh, I would do uh, four weeks out and then two weeks in. Right. So yeah, that's a long. The 28 days was pretty tough. I remember it was one of my last rotations. I was waiting for my chef to come in and uh, take over for me and he, he ended up no showing, so I ended up having to do eight weeks straight. So I, oh my god! So I did a fifty-six day. Uh, I, I did get one day, so I, I bounced into Fort Mac and you know had, had a nice steak dinner at the keg there and and got my my, my supply resupplied and came back to work. But I, that's that. It was pretty. It was it was a really long trip. Br- no kidding, that's brutal. And so you, that was times when money was pretty good. You were you were like making like lobster and stuff for those guys up north. Like <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. The, the budget was pretty good that I had for the the the, the workers. I I went to different camps, um, putting out fires here and there. Uh, my boss would send me to different camps if the if the clients weren't happy, and I, I try and change it around, uh, mm-hmm. try and get the people trained up, and just make the the clients happy. So I was going to all different camps from. Uh, from like out in Fort Mac to like Conklin, and then I ended up doing a uh, my final like year and a half out in southeast Saskatchewan in this little town called Rokenville. Rokenville, uh, which is uh, about tw- twenty to thirty minutes from the the border of Manitoba. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so it was pretty. It was pretty far east. Uh, it was a potash company, and I really liked that. It was twelve hundred man camp and uh, a ninety person VIP camp. So they had a, had some pretty good food out there right yeah well i know i have a buddy that like sold camps and still does for for years and like back in the heyday like it was just crazy like full gyms like movie theaters like great (laughs) meals i'm like i want to go work up there like i'm just eating like garbage at home like (laughs) yeah there was a there was a camp that actually yeah had a library a basketball court had a starbucks coffee uh, little place. It was, it was pretty awesome. What? There. Yeah, it was crazy. Unbelievable. So what? So how about? Uh, well, just tell me a little bit about each restaurant, kind of before we go back to to the story. And okay. Um, yeah. So we took over uh, Next Act. Um, I think my goal by going up to camp was to save enough money that I wanted to open up a fine dining restaurant. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the goal was. Uh, when Mike called me up and asked if I wanted to take over a pub, I don't think I was too keen on it. Um, you know, I told him that I needed to think about it. Uh, but the idea of opening up a restaurant with my best friend, who was also like a restaurateur, and uh, Salish, who has the, a ton of brains, she worked for, for Urban Barn as the regional manager for, for quite, quite a few years. Um, I yeah, I wasn't keen on the idea. I got off the phone. I thought about it for a bit. I contacted my mom. I said, Mom, I don't know. Like, Mike wants me to open up, like, a takeover burger place. I'm like, I'm not quite sure. Like, I kind of want to do fine dining. That's the career path I thought I was going on. And she was just like, make the best burger in the city. 
So right. that should be your goal. And I said, that makes sense. So, you know, me and Mike talked about a few things and, and, uh, yeah, I quit my job and, and, uh, the next act has gotten best burger. I don't know, pretty much every year since we opened and Oh, really? Super proud about I've that. I've never had a burger there. I always, cause everybody make, I just get like donairs and what? Well, <laughs> you come good. in, I'm going to, I'll hook you up with a burger. Okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, so then from there. Uh, we had Next Act for a few years. Um, we purchased a food truck. So we started out a food truck that was it was called The Act Out and About. And we ran that for, I think it was three seasons. Uh, it was pretty fun. It had its ups and downs. Um, I I loaded it up a lot. And, and you know, I, I worked it a lot, so... I, it was a love-hate relationship with the food truck. You never knew what the weather was going to be like, or you never knew kind of what complications or mm -hmm. instances that you'd have that uh, kind of would set your day off course. But uh, I, I'm glad we do we don't have it anymore, but it, I, I do love it. Right. Uh, good old Brutus was his name. That was the name was of the, name, the truck. That was the name of the truck, Brutus. So we did that. Um, then we had the place right next to Next Act. Uh, it was a clothing spot, and they did kind of a midnight move. And that place was open, and um, Salish, she said, let's open up a smokehouse. And this is, Salish is a vegetarian. Right. So it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think me and Michael were like, what? Like another restaurant? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And um, I knew nothing about smoking. So, you know, I did my restaurant research. I ended up finding this uh, um, barbecue guru called Myron Mixon. He was out in uh, Atlanta and he was doing a barbecue cooking class. So I uh, bought my ticket and I headed out there for four days. Got to learn a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mostly like, yeah, meets a, meets a smokehouse. It's southern cooking. I'm trying to do like southern, southern Texas barbecue. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to stick to that script and, you know, we let our chefs kind of like do some experimenting but you know the main staple southern texas barbecue right and it's amazing thanks been, i love it well the, all three of them are unbelievable but the food so that wasn't your menu as, as much as you brought in other chefs or did you build the menu at meat too no, yeah i built the menu at meat um it's almost stayed the same i mean you you have like your staple meats and they're not going to change your brisket's not going to change mm -hmm. um you know you're never going to take that off because you know brisket is barbecue right so you know we always got to have brisket <clears throat> but um yeah i mean i let my chefs now they they do a lot of specials and they do all the the menu development going forth whether it be like the side dishes um you know maybe like playing around with some sandwiches mm -hmm. so and so why sorry can i go back so you guys when you bought the next act why did they because i always thought the next act was like this weird place that had like plays in it or something but i never knew what it was yeah but. it had a little different i mean it was um coming from uh, uh mike's um uh, I guess uncle, mm -hmm. um, through marriage, it was uh, Mike's uncle that was kind of selling it. Oh, okay. So that's how we ended up taking it over. I see. So there was sort of an in, he wanted out, and yeah. you guys just knew, here's a spot. Yeah, like, we're just like, this is a pretty cool spot. It's off White Ave. Kind of like, you missed that riffraff on White Ave, so we're kind of off in a right. kind of cozy little corner. Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty convenient to park 
pretty close to there and you know walk like a block and whatever right? yeah sometimes like, parking can be tough especially with the festivals going around mm-hmm. but uh yeah so you know we had the next act and then we had meet and we had two right next door to each other and we we're like well that's pretty cool and then uh i know that uh salish um she's always we we're always kind of looking at this like one little spot at the end like a right beside next act and you know, she always kind of wanted, she always wanted to make that a place. She always wanted to make that a place. And she always talked about it, but there was always, you know, a clothing, a little clothing store in there. And then finally they left and, um, you see Salish's eyes light up and she's like, she, she wanted that place. Right. Uh, we had a general manager at the next act named Mike Angus. He was with us since day one. Mm-hmm. And we know that he kind of wanted to do something. He was pretty passionate about, about wine and, he he really liked us, so he became part owner of Pip. Right. So we opened up this little guy, maybe thirty seats. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of focused brunch in the morning. Uh, it's become we we actually thought the night was going to be a lot busier than the days, but the days is really taken off. The brunch is doing really really well, and then at, at three o'clock we switch over to uh, a more um, like it's uh, wines. There's like a couple small plates, a couple mm-hmm. appies, and then we got like, we're trying to do like comfort food done well. Yeah, it's kind of like casual fine dining almost, I would. Right, I, I don't, yeah. Like, it's like we kind of talk to our chefs and we're like, what, like, let's, what did your mom or what did your grandma make that you really like? Like, how can we turn that into a really awesome dish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my wife and I took, uh, my mom there before we went to a play one night my mom loved it so did we and then my mom took her friends back like two weeks later and then just last week i took my whole family there because my mom sends us out for mother and father's day for that's when i every year she sends us to a restaurant so we try and pick like a different not like earl's or joey's or whatever like let's go somewhere and everybody loved it and my favorite part about it is you've told me that during brunch, Connor McDavid sat at the window. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. I remember getting the full. He used to live um, probably maybe a couple blocks away. And I remember getting a message from Mike. And he was like, dude. He was like, dude. He's like, my. Uh, he's like, guess who's here? And I'm like, who? He's like, Connor McDavid. I was like, what? And I was getting groceries at the time for the restaurant. And. I remember bringing groceries around the corner, and I just turned the corner and I seen him through this window, and I was like starstruck. Oh yeah! Uh, I didn't know what to say. I kind of walked in, I started sweating. And <laughs> yeah. I seen Salish and Mike, and they were like, "Yeah, we went and said hi to him." And I'm like, ah, "I don't know if I can say hi." And of course, I chickened out and I didn't say hi. But you didn't say anything. No, I didn't say anything. But he, he came in a couple times, always by himself, sat at the window, and just had his little breakfast. And I, I think he liked it because. I don't know if any of the servers knew who he was, but he just wanted to be left alone. I right. think that's what, what he did. Yeah, there was, I, I remember when we were like 20, we went into Black Dog the first time, and my friend was talking to this girl, and he's like talking about hockey, and then he mentioned Wayne Gretzky, and she was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and he got so mad, he's like, we have to leave this place, because what the hell, like, who in Edmonton doesn't know who Wayne Gretzky is, but... It's like, I think we need to reevaluate our relationship. Right. <laughs> there are just some people. So, roles then of 
let's say the main three. So you, Salisha, Mike, you're the beginning three. What would you say is each of your roles in in sort of the partnership? Right. So I think that's um, that kind of what makes us super, super special is we all have different abilities in the restaurant industry that the others don't have, mm-hmm. you know? So for, for my part was the kitchen. I know food, right. um, you know, that's all I've known since I was 13. So that's all I kind of know. Like that's all I know how to do. Uh, on the other hand, Mike, he, he grew up in the kitchen, but then he switched over to the front of the house. He was bartending and then he actually ran a few restaurants in uh, Seattle and in uh, Vancouver. Okay. So he has that like front end mentality. I have the, kitchen mentality uh salish came in i mean she's designed pretty much three great restaurants um she's handled a lot of the books social media uh i mean we always kind of joke around and and like you know us three are everybody's boss but salish is me and mike's boss oh yeah i can tell that (laughs) (laughs) well i've never met mike but i uh, yeah salish is the boss yeah like she keeps us grounded and uh, uh I think you know we call ourselves a trio of dips just because you know we're all we're all we're all so different. But I think that's what makes us successful in the the hospitality industry. Right. Well, that's good. I mean, you need to have. It's good to have different skills. Like if you're trying to open a restaurant with three chefs, I can only imagine like. Yeah, then you're butting heads a lot, right? right? Fighting. So you have autonomy on the menu, basically. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you you'll always have. I mean, Mike and Salish, they're passionate about uh, about food as well. They'll always like you know send me a text or you know we'll talk at the meetings and be like, what do you think about this? And we can kind of chat about that. Uh, you know, we have a, a great PB and J burger, peanut butter and bacon, like bacon jam burger at the next act. I mean, that's Salish. Salish came to me and was like, hey, well, what about this? And so, you know, I created that. And it's mm-hmm. been, a pretty, been a hit on our menu ever since. It's actually my wife's favorite burger. She just, like, craves that burger. Or I have to bring it to her at least once every two weeks. I have to bring it home. Right. So <laughs> I get a good foot rub from that. So it's, it's perfect. Do it. you get foot rubs? Foot rubs, yeah, yeah. Well, you haven't been married that long. No, right? no, you just got year, married in I'm January? Year. Yeah. I'm a, Was yeah, it January? Not even a year. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they'll end soon <laughs> but i have the pbj on my side right so. what if you take it out never take never that taking off it off you. never taking it off um so sorry I, you got into the how did you start cooking at 13 just at home like or and then uh, you, well no i see like i was i was raised by my like uh, my mother uh no father so single parent um, but my mom used to take me around to different spots throughout the city. Mm-hmm. It was never, it was never like Kelsey's or Moxie's. It was always like, you know, an independent like uh, Vietnamese or Korean place. Or you know, she we'd we'd always like try out new restaurants. And I think that's when I first found my passion for food. And plus, I think my mom is hands down like the best cook on the planet. Oh really? So I just love everything right. that she makes. She's uh, so I think that's when I started to get my passion for food um when i first started i was just washing dishes mm-hmm. and then it kind of moved up through the ranks it was kind of like what do i have to do not to do dishes and it was like well you can learn appies and fryers so you know tossing wings and and make, then making salads and you kind of work yourself right through the ranks and then next thing you know you're running you're running the line and then you're a manager and then you're a sous chef and then you're a chef right so and that 
Well, have I ever told you, I've never told you that I was the salad expo to go specialist at Olive Garden. I used to make those salads. Nice. Sometimes they'd allow me to work on the breadsticks. I have worked in a kitchen and I was absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> that this, soup though that Olive Garden has. It's good. I can't get enough of it. Oh, I make it at home. I replicated you? it. Oh, yeah. oh, I bet you yours is so good. <laughs> I like the pasta fagioli or however you call it. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, I could make a decent salad, but like... If you can tell from like listening to me, my pace wasn't fast enough for a kitchen. <laughs> like I, I don't operate like I don't like to operate at high speeds, except yeah. if I'm like skiing or something. But so I like they'd be like, hurry it up. And then I would put in too many tomatoes and then my manager would get mad at me because I was putting in. Did you get turfed from the Olive Garden? No, 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 no. No, I worked there for a while. I didn't mind it, but it was a little bit different than a lot of restaurants. It wasn't as fun, I don't think, as like some of the other ones where like I just didn't feel like, or maybe they just didn't invite me out to their things because I was lower on the You're totem. The expo. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was that. I don't know what their nightlife was like. It was like, but... the, it was like the fine line. It's like you weren't quite front of the house. And you weren't quite kitchen. You were the expo, right? Yeah. So. Like, I was the biggest loser yeah. in the kitchen, for sure. <laughs> and that was okay with me. I mean, the restaurant industry wasn't for me. I mean, like, I would have been a terrible server. Yeah, it's not for, it's not for every, any uh, everyone. I, I couldn't be a server. I think I would definitely swear too much. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I could not be a server. I'd spill glasses on people, for sure. So, now I guess we'll go back. So, you leave... So you're you're kind of you're high up at Joey's in in the kitchen. Um. Yeah. I was like I was the uh, the night coach. That's what I was. I was like I guess you'd say like the the leader of the night team. Right. And yeah, I decided to leave. I just. Uh, and what's that three year span like with your now your mentor? What? How do you call? Yeah, it? Yeah, with like, my with my school. Yeah, with my with my chef. It was it was eye opening. I remember, um, you know. One of my first days, he asked, he's like, go into the kid, go into the cooler and grab me some kohlrabi. And I was like, yes, chef. And I walked <laughs> into the cooler and there was about 80 things that I had no idea what it was. You know, you come from Joey and Earl's, it's all very corporate. So you, you know that that's like their staple products. But when you walk mm -hmm. into like a, a real restaurant kitchen that has specials and like, you know, rotating menus, there's a lot of different things that I, I wasn't, I had no knowledge of. So I, that night I just wrote down everything I didn't know and I went home and I had this like visual encyclopedia and I kind of just went through and read about all these vegetables and different meats and stuff like that. So that kind of, I was kind of like, Whoa, this is, this is pretty awesome. And when I went to school, it was, it was the same thing as I went through every year. It was like, you're learning new things, new things. And some of it you, you'll never use, but it was just a really cool experience. Right. And did you go to Nate? Went to Nate. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be a really good culinary yeah, it's, school. It's right? good. I think it's gotten even better. I, it's been you know seventeen years since I went, mm -hmm. uh, and I think the curriculum's gotten a little better. You know, with the new technology, the new ways of cooking nowadays, of like right. with immersion circulators and stuff like that. I think they actually teach you how to do that. But you know, meanwhile, back in, when I was there, I was learning ice sculptures and like uh, fat sculptures that I will never use in my life. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
you finish the school, then you go off on your own again? Yeah, yeah. I go to a hotel McDonald, and I work there for a while because, like I said, I'm, I'm in my in my head. I'm doing the fine dining. That's what mm-hmm. I, that's what I want. Fine dining, and uh, I was wasn't getting a paid tremendous amount. Um, and like I said, yeah, I just racked up a lot of debt. Right. And uh, it wasn't making me feel too good at the time, and I knew I needed to do something and uh, t- to get out of debt, and I had an opportunity to go up north to camps. Mm-hmm. And then, I see. And what about in your hi- in your head? Is fine dining still in your head? No, absolutely not. No? No. no I would never do fine dining now. It's like no, the really. tables have turned. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> I don't think that there's the... Profit margin in fine dining, I think, is tough. Uh, being at Edmonton, fine dining is, uh, I would think, quite tough. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are you know, blue-collar. They like comfort food. I think they just want good quality food. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's why I think, uh, that's why I know, I mean, that you guys are still busy. I mean, because you're never going to complain about the food when you go into one of your restaurants. Like, I mean, I'm sure there are some terrible Yelp reviews from people that are going to complain oh, about everything. Oh, yeah, there's everything. some nasty ones. There's some nasty ones. But, uh, you know, if you're getting good food, good service, and a good price, then and it's a good atmosphere, then, you know, it it can work, right? Absolutely. Like, but, so your Salish comes, Mike comes first, and then how Salish gets brought, you just need Salish? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 well, Mike was obviously first. He's the one that had the idea. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I don't know who was first or who was next, but we were both, I think, pr- pretty much at the same time. I think it was like Mike was talking to me and he said, what do you think about if we brought on Salish? And I think when he talked to Salish, he said, hey, if you want to do this, what do you think about bringing on Nate? So mm-hmm. we both said, yeah. Right. And then, uh, so now you're just starting do you know anything have you worked in a restaurant long enough to get how to run a restaurant when mike's talking to me yeah yeah um right when you open right when you buy it no i mean i it's it was definitely a risk um i knew that i knew how to cook and i knew i my palate was good and i i knew what flavors what I wanted to do with flavors, but as far as being a chef, um, I guess besides being out in camp, I never was a chef. And being a chef out in camp is is a lot is extremely different than being a chef in the city. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get to pick who you hire. You basically call in the, the office and right. you're like, I need this, I need this, I need this person, and they just send other people out to you. So you never know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're getting uh, some great people, and sometimes you get uh, not not so great people. Like a temp worker that has never been in a kitchen before. Totally. Or something it's like, like that. yeah, I'll be like, send me a baker for twelve hundred people, and then I'll get, you know, a sixty year old, sixty <laughs> year old person, and you're like, uh, what's the most you've baked for? And they'll be like eighty, and then you'll be like, what the heck? You know, so right. you call up the the head office, and you're like, I asked for a baker for twelve hundred, and they're like, this is all we had. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do then? It's pretty tough. Figure it out. Got to figure it out. Nice. So you're hiring the kitchen staff at the time, creating the menu. The- at Next Act, yeah, created the menu. Yeah, we had a little little party at Mike's house in the summertime, and 
they were trying out some different drinks and I was in the kitchen uh, trying out different menu stuff for the next act. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a, that was a, it's like one of the first times in my life where I was like, kind of, I had a lot of criticism because, you know, you're trying things, but I had to have thick skin. I had quite soft skin, I think at the beginning, mm-hmm. cause I would be trying something and I'd be like, Oh, this is great. And then you'd have, you know, there'd be like 20 people there. And uh, 15 of them would be like, yeah, I don't know how it works. Like, I, 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 I don't like it. Right. So, you know, it's like back to the drawing board. But, yeah, you have to have thick skin definitely as being a chef because uh, – and, and my, my chefs and my, my workers now when they bring stuff to our meetings and, you know, we, we have to dissect it and criticize it and hopefully, hopefully make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of them are learning that that's – we're just not going to say it's great because we're just want to, we want to perfect it. Like this is what our customers are going to eat. And we want to make sure that, you know, the quality is good. The flavors are good. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a complete, complete dish. Nice. And so did you order the food when you like were in, up in camp or is that like a new thing for you? No, and yeah, I, was, I, was, and... I was aware of all the ordering and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, just running a business when you start and you're like, Oh, it's just like, whatever it's there and then you're like oh we've got to pay the bills we've got to do all these crazy things that you never thought and totally i think a lot of it for me the problem that i had when i first became a chef was just kind of not knowing the numbers Mm -hmm. so much as uh you know and that that's where mike uh, was a big help because he was a uh you know like a general manager and he kind of knew the front and the back and he he was taught you know he knew all the numbers and how to do the formulas I didn't quite learn that when I was out in camp. You always just kind of sent stuff to the head office and they would know, like they would do everything. Oh, and they so, would waste so much money too. Like yeah. you probably had back in the day. when I didn't those... really have a budget, right? So right. it's like if I wanted ribeyes and, and shrimp and crab, then that's what I ordered. Send me 45,000 ribeyes and they're like, well, there's only 1,200 people at the camp. Okay, <laughs> we'll put it in a cab. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Back when like oil was a hundred and twenty bucks, like yeah, was there was like, like there was no budget. So you know, as going from my transition from say the the corporate Joey's and Earls, I didn't really get to that point in my career. And then when I went to the Hotel McDonald, I was you know just kind of a worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like with my first chef at uh, the Union Bank Inn, and we opened up this place called Latitude on White Ave. Um, I didn't really know any of the numbers. So and going out to camp, I just sent. I didn't have a budget, so that was tough for me to, to try and learn. Right. And when you're a chef in the back, so like, for, I just noticed from cooking shows, so, and you said it once, so do people, does your staff say, like, yes, chef, if you, like that? No, or, no. Uh, there is, certain certain restaurants have that. We don't have that at any of our restaurants. I think you'll see one of our, our cooks do it to the chefs every once in a while, just to, just to razz them. Right. But uh, no, uh, we don't have that in our in our kitchens. It didn't really feel to me like that was your style. No. <laughs> like, no. You're not sitting in the back. You're not Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. Hucking plates and whipping knives. Right. <laughs> Just snapping all the time. <laughs> Seems like a fun environment. I, uh, so, yeah, this is... This, I mean, I don't know enough about the restaurant industry to know. So when you first start, is it is it good right away? Are you guys getting some traction? Do you have old customers or 
Are people finding the next act is just better than before? Well, I hope that's what they think, that it's better than before, or else we're not doing our job right. But yeah, we had we had a lot of uh, customers that were from before. Uh, some, some were probably quite loyal to the old place, and maybe they didn't quite like us at the beginning, but I think that they're... I think that they've probably come around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've definitely brought in a lot of new new customers. Right. I, I think that everybody's. I think they like it. It's a nice little institution for the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I would have never known. I knew the next act was there for a really long time, and I never knew it changed until probably a couple years ago when somebody was like. Oh, the next act is like unbelievable and like the mac and cheese in there is amazing. And I had never heard that, let's say, whatever, 10, 12 years ago when I used to actually be on White Ave because I don't end up there. Like, Well, I guess that's good that we still have people like you that haven't heard of the place so we can still keep getting new customers. Yeah, for sure. So the first time I was in there was two years ago before a comedy show probably. And I went to meet pretty early on because I was like, I want, I like, it's just a cool name. It's meat. It's meat. I want some meat. Pip is hard to see. And so it was like, I just went there because I had met you in Salish and was like, oh, I want to try it out. And I was not disappointed at all. And I made that cheese yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. And it was okay. Like, for me, my skills aren't very good. (laughs) Oh, my skills are okay if I can follow like exact, if like if if I can follow exact recipes and instructions, then I can do that. Did I give you it? Because you it was you just, just the, told the seared me. manchego, right? Yeah, yeah. You just told me, and I was like, I don't remember what he told me. It sounded easy, but yeah, you just gotta text me. I'll I'll send you a recipe right away. I was scared. <laughs> it turned out pretty good because I'm supposed to make it for my family tomorrow night for my mom's 70th birthday party because we all had it when we went a couple right. of weeks ago. Yeah, after after this, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so what's, a, what's your most rewarding part of owning these businesses? What what would you say makes you the happiest? Um, I guess uh, when I first started off, you know, just that next act, I was a chef. Um, I think Mike and Salish have kind of, you know, now I need to almost, I still, I would still always be a chef at heart, but I need to graduate to become a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's taking, I've had a little troubles doing that. Um, but I quite enjoy it. I think the most rewarding part is uh, just to see our general managers and sous chefs and shift leaders, or even our cooks become shift leaders and then our shift leaders becoming sous chefs and our sous chefs becoming chefs and then, you know, them going through school. And I just love to see the staff um, flourish. Right. Just to see them and their development is, is pretty awesome. To see them coming up with, like, really great dishes that, you know, we, we, we like and, like, put on the menu, I think it's great. And then you lose them because they get too good. Yeah. Well, we try and pay them enough that they don't, they, they don't leave. <laughs> yeah, which becomes the hard part, right? Because, yeah. you know, like, well, you're so good. You could do this on your own, but we want you here. So. Right. And, you know, I think so. Like, you know, the grass isn't greener, always greener on the other no. side. Uh, we try and promote, a, like, a, a really good family environment. We've had people with us at Nexac, some of our servers. I mean, we've been over for just, uh, I think this is our ninth fringe that we're going into. Um, 
I think that we've had servers there for eight years. I mean, I've had uh, a couple of cooks. Uh, our chef at uh, the Next Act, Dixie, she's been with us before. Like she's been with us since day one. Really? So that's pretty special. Well, Mike was too, right? So yeah, that, Mike was with us. Yeah, yeah, now he's part owner. So you mm-hmm. know, there's always hopefully something room that, to grow with yeah, you guys. Absolutely. Well, because you've grown pretty substantially since in the nine years, right? One restaurant it's and a food all. Truck. Right. Right. So was that was that a failure the food truck or it was just wasn't worth the time? No, no, definitely not a failure. We had a really good we had a really good run. Um, we opened meat. And I think at the time we were saying, okay, like we're opening up another like brick and mortar restaurant. Let's not like run ourselves thin mm-hmm. uh, with the food truck. Um, let's sell it while it's going good. Right. So well, you sold it. We did sell it, yeah. Nice. What? Somebody creeping up. Somebody's creeping up onto the step. Hey, sorry, we're we're back. The uh, <clears throat> we just had some Latter Day Saints come to the door and chatted with them for about forty five minutes, and we're thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're thinking about it. <laughs> the uh, so. Oh, I guess what I so you started then in 2010. Yeah, that, that's when you start when you bought the next act. Correct. When did you buy meat or open meat? I want to say I could be off, but I want to say 2013, 2014. I think we've been open for five years. Okay, so you're doing. Does that hitting it pretty well off the bat? I remember. I think I went in earlier. It was super busy. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, it started off well. I mean, we've been uh, just tweaking our food. You know, we have uh, meetings every Tuesday, and we're always, you know, constantly trying to, like, better ourselves. And if there's something that we don't have going on, it's like, hey, well, what can we try and work on next? Is it our – are we going back to the drawing board? Is it our barbecue sauces that we need to kind of try and revisit? Like, we're always just trying to be, like, one step ahead and just always trying to get better. Mm-hmm. So when we opened up like our brisket, I remember the first day we opened up, I'm like, oh man, our brisket's so good. Looking at our brisket now, our, the brisket wasn't very good. Sure. Back when we, it, was, it, was, it was edible for sure. I mean, right. but uh, you know, the, the, what our chefs have done, uh, experimenting and doing this and that to the brisket has, you know, has made it good. And that's what we try and do with all of our food. Yeah, and the brisket seems to be like an art form of a meat or something. Hey, like it really is. It really is. I mean, even to this day, sometimes we'll you know we'll have twenty briskets in the smoker and we'll pull them out, and sometimes three of them aren't good. Hmm. So, you know, we'll 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 use it for for sandwich meat. Right. Okay. And then 2015, Alberta hits. Is that does that hit you guys? Uh. Y- I think it hit everybody a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I think one thing that, like like I said, when we're always constantly challenging our chefs and, and front-end managers and our servers and our cooks about, you know, um, the small little details, I think that's what keeps people coming back is being consistent. You know, there's a lot of restaurants that open up. They don't last very long, and I th- um, I think it uh, has a lot to do with that. Maybe the owners don't know what's like. They just they think it's glorious to open up a restaurant, and it's not. It's a lot of work. It's tough work. 
It's a big blue collar job, basically, right? Like absolutely. I, I you know if I didn't have a micro salish or I only had one of them, we wouldn't be in the position we are today. And I think the same can be said if you ask them. If you took out one of those dips, so one of the trio of dips, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be extremely tough. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, that's that's the good part about what you've realized. Like, whereas other people could get greedy and say, I want this all to myself. Look how much I could have if it was just me. Right. Whereas, but I don't think any three of you are greedy. It isn't about the money for any of you, is it? No, no. Uh, and we need, like, you need that support. Right. Like, you need that support and... I mean, we're all pals. I mean, we're we're great friends. I mean, we're like yeah. you know, they're family. Well, I thought you there's always that rule: you're not supposed to go into business with friends. But for you guys, it's worked. Yeah, it has. It has. Um, I mean, we've had our our disagreements, but I mean, we love each other. I mean, that's right. That's strong, right? Mm-hmm. We and we like each other, and we after. 10 years in business, we still like each other. So that's something oh, that's good. <laughs> and I think when I get back to when we've only done, like, you know, I, like I, I'm a kitchen and you know, we all have our certain, I'm sure if like, like you said, if we all, if we were all three chefs that wanted to open a restaurant, I don't think that'd be good. Right. That'd yeah. That would, I think it would be, be problematic for sure. Pretty like, toxic work environment, I think. And with any partnership, you need to find the other role like who's good at what if you have two people if i had i couldn't take on a partner that was the exact same as me if i wanted to grow k4 right even though that's what i think i would want like another one of me but that would be a huge mistake and uh so i I think in a way you guys got lucky picking each other somebody with different Different views and somebody that challenges you is, is always right. good. Keeps the blood flowing. And now, so you said your role is you're trying to turn into a boss. What's your day-to-day now? Uh, I mean, it's whatever's needed. I mean, my phone's always on. Uh, you know, if I guess I get up and I, I, get, I usually get groceries for the, the, for the, for the restaurants. Uh, I go in. I, I chat with the staff. That's thing that's uh, that's one thing I I really um, like to do is I, I like to talk to the staff and get to know them, get to know uh, staff. We have 105, 110 staff. Do you? So getting, I didn't know. So getting to I know like to ask that. Yeah, their dogs and significant others' n- names and right. where they're going on vacation sometimes is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something that I really pride myself in is just yeah chatting with my staff and. It makes him feel ha- makes him feel special. I mean that hey, my boss is like talking to me and just not giving me shit about something, but like really asking me like how my day was, like, how my weekend was. Cares. Yeah, actually caring. So well, yeah, and you're a very nice guy. Like I said in the beginning, like right when we met, I was like, this guy is so nice, so is Salish. Like you guys yeah. are just great people, and and why I really wanted to have you on here, and everybody before this, I've known for. 10, 15 years or more. Right. But just and meeting you guys and like you, all you care about is like you just want the world to be a better place, Edmonton to be a better city, and I love that. Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. That's what you guys' are sort of passion is about, like kind of and uh, just good people doing good things in our city is what 
is important for me with I love Edmonton. It's a great place. Me too. But yeah, can like yeah, so I'll talk to my staff and we have meetings. Um, you know, we'll 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 do some product testing if we like we feel like something needs to be tweaked. Then I sit down with my my chefs once a week at least and we have little development sessions and kind of give them goals. They can talk to me and ask me for advice about stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just kind of just be present at work. Do you get in the kitchen much anymore? I don't get in the kitchen much anymore. Um, so now that was that was pretty tough. That was the that was the toughest part from being a, going from a chef to a business owner is that I just don't want to let them run their kitchens without me being there. Um, of course, I'm there. I have a feeling if I had to go into work a station right now, I'd be uh, it'd be pretty funny. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be in the, I'd be in the weeds probably, but uh, I still got it. It's like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was there was definitely a, a tough to not be in the kitchen. Although I am, uh, I am slowly starting to like you know I'll, I'll work on I'll do a feature. I'll, maybe I'll do like I'll work on a drink feature. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that I just want to keep the blood flowing. Right. And uh, I, I cook a lot at home for for me and my wife. Lucky for her. Lucky for her. That's awesome. We need to come over more. Yeah, you do. I don't have anybody ever over, so. No. <laughs> keep telling Mike and uh, Sailor, so I'm like, yeah, we're going to have everybody over for a barbecue. And it's been like four years, so. Yeah. That's, one day. One day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's it. Um, what would you say was the biggest, the biggest struggle when you opened or now even? Both. Um... I guess when we opened was just making sure that, you know, the food was consistent on my end. I mean, you know, if I'm, when we just opened, I'm responsible for the kitchen. I just want to make sure that the food is good and that the customers are happy. Uh, and, and just trying to build new clientele, I think was, was the tough part at the beginning. I mean, we, you know, we started, then we opened brunch and that was a slow at the beginning and now you know our brunches are rocking at the next act mm -hmm. um i think now would just be just keep it going i mean keep the passion going um you have you know we have we have three great restaurants and it's like just keep it going like don't don't let off the gas right like get just complacent keep it going. don't get complacent mm -hmm. you know you see a lot of restaurants that are you know they've been open for 20 years and you know for the first 10 they were good and then they've kind of gone downhill maybe the owner's less present there mm -hmm. uh, but we you know we want to be present we want to be there for our staff uh, and for our customers and i think that that shows right and i have a question actually just about the industry as a whole like uh say earls moxies those types of restaurants they change corporately it's got to be what every three or four years they kind of change the layout in there and yeah they, they do the facelift to keep up with the times and like do you think that makes sense uh like i i mean i'm sure that they poured enough money into it that uh, they've done the research and maybe it does right um but, but i'm always just like it seems like an awful lot of money to spend in every restaurant that you have to like kind of change the look well and i remember do you remember joey tomatoes when they used to have like the tomatoes hanging from the ceiling mm -hmm. and yeah like i soup. like that 
Yeah, the cheesy part about it. Yeah, but that wouldn't work today. It like, wouldn't work we, today, so they yeah. had to get with the times. Well, I get that change. And, like, Earl's in the very beginning had roosters everywhere. and like Peanuts the, on the floor that you had in the lounge. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah like, I wasn't good looking enough to go into Earl's. So it was... <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we'll get you something out the back. Yeah, I applied. Yeah. I walked in with the resume. They just looked at me like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> only take out for your kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, uh, and uh, another, I always like to ask this question, but it's always such a stupid question. So has it been an easy, easy journey as a business owner? It's been just simple and um, no, it, I mean, it hasn't been easy. It's been, it's been a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears, uh, ups and downs. Um, it, it's been rewarding. I, I wouldn't change it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have changed the path that I took by any means. Uh, it's, it's nice now. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I, my quality of life is really good. I mean, you know, I've been in owning my own business for 10 years, uh, I think all three of us have a better quality of life now. We have proper people in proper positions that run our business for us and, and get paid well to do so. Nice. And it gives us the opportunity to, yeah, to kind of take that breath and be like, okay, like we all worked our butts off for the first few years. And now mm -hmm. like Salish has, you know, two children and a family and, right. you know, Mike likes the golf in the summertime and enables him to do that. And yeah, I can spend time with my dogs and, and do whatever, but nice. it kind of gives us that quality of life that I think now it's, it's paid off. It's, it's rewarding, but yeah. you never know, man, that could change at a drop of a dime. Sure. You know, one of my chefs leaves or something happens. It's like, I might be putting on those weights again and, uh, suiting back up or we might, you know, who knows what's in the, in the future for us. Something bad can happen and change it. And Every, heartbeat and any minute. What restaurant industry is always said to be never open a restaurant right? <laughs> <laughs> i know right we have three right but we've uh we've we've pushed hard and, and like i've said probably a few times is that we just really um strive for perfection and, and quality of food and and service that uh that we provide at the restaurants are great is it's good yeah, and you do. You truly do. If you haven't checked out any three of them or haven't checked out all three of them yet, I would highly recommend that you do because you won't be disappointed. Just go one next to the other and just have a meal at each one. You'll be full as hell, but it'll be nice. You'll feel good. Have a big poop. Yeah, yeah. Have a, have a big yeah. poop after. <laughs> <laughs> And then another question I like to ask near the end is, would you ever, ever go back to being an employee working for somebody else? Uh, abs absolutely not. Um, right. I, I, I sure hope not. I mean, for, for, for that to happen, it would, there would have to be some kind of nuclear meltdown of our businesses. Right. And, uh, I, I hope not. Even then you'd open a dog park. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A dog sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely something that it's I've thought about. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I yeah. We talked about it before I started. Turned on the mic and I was like, yeah, you couldn't pay me enough, like to go and be an employee again. You did say for ten million dollars for six months. Right. Well, yes. Then I would just 
yeah, shut her down afterwards. I could do it for six, but nobody's going to pay me that much money. <laughs> so I said, well, if we're being realistic, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. And an end game in mind, there's, have you guys ever thought about it or you thought about it or? Uh, I mean, we've chatted about it every once in a while. I mean, from a business side, it would be, uh, I mean, w we would like to buy the building that, uh, you know, we operate in right now. I think that would be like, that'd be a big end game for us mm -hmm. um, to be our own landlords, which would be, would, would be awesome. Uh, and you never know. I mean, we, like we have passionate, um, passionate people in our industry and I'm not quite sure if we're done opening up individual places like the three of us, but maybe when we might be able to to do something with uh, some of our great staff in the future and maybe kind of do a collab and help them open up a place. Uh, who knows? Maybe right. it's, maybe it's real estate. I don't, I don't really know, mm -hmm. but I just, uh, I'm enjoying it right now. And, you know, I love, love the people I work with. I love my two business partners and, uh, the end game for me eventually would be, yeah, to probably retire and I don't know, maybe have a small little plot of land on acreage or, you know, spend time with my wife and my dogs. I mean, I, I how feel many like, dogs would you like to have on the acreage? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, out of how many, how many am I allowed? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is there a rule? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're allowed three in the city. Right. So you have three. Uh, so I have three. So I'm capped out right now, but, uh, I, I don't know, I've always talked about having like, like I said before, a dog sanctuary where it's like you take like rescued dogs and just kind of give them a good life. That'd be pretty cool. That would be. Well, like I said, you see, you're just a nice guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're just like caring about stuff like that. And um, what, what was I going to say? And your thoughts on the season coming up? What's your thoughts on the changes? Uh... I'm okay with them. I mean, I, I would have liked to have uh, got a scoring winger, mm -hmm. but as with our cap, it's pretty tough. Just like reading a lot of reviews and people are already uh, shitting on Holland and and uh, saying he hasn't done this and done that. But I mean, I think he had his hands tied quite a bit. Yeah, um, he's gotten some like one year contracts from you know some people from Europe, which might be good. Yeah, or whatever. If they're bust, no big deal. No big deal. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we're, we'll still do something before, before like training camp. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, every year I'm like, we got the playoffs. I will every year until Me I die. Too. I'm I, like, we got this. We got I this. say that every single year, and then <laughs> that's what makes it so sad. <laughs> I know because it's just devastating once you're like, oh, it's like end of October, and I don't think we have this. <laughs> but looking at the like the salaries now, I. I think that uh, we got a pretty good steal on Drysaddle and McDavid. Yeah, and I always thought too, like, because we have them so long. The only thing is that I do legitimately worry that McDavid will leave if two years from now the team hasn't made any headway. You uh, feel like that's like he's copping out. Do you think that he's like that? Do you think that he wants to be part of the like the solution? Yes. But if he's not seeing, you know, yeah. So I wouldn't blame him if you know if he'd been here if he's here for six years and there's still a bottom feeder because the management can't figure it out. I'm gonna say okay, like I love you, and I'll miss you, and I'll never watch hockey again in my entire life because I wouldn't. 
You wouldn't. If, no, if he left Edmonton because of that, I would never cheer for the Oilers again. Just think of the return we get. No, I can't. <laughs> Watching him is like brings me so much I know, joy. I know. It's, it's like, like even when they're losing, it's like just watching him skiing on the ice is magical. We're so lucky. So lucky. Like, that part is so lucky. Uh, and then I, I guess the last question, like how important is it to find a good financial planner to work with? <laughs> well, let me know when you've got one for me. I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I'm, what? I'm it's, just it's, uh, I f- it's pretty important. I mean, as now that I started to have some money and, and wanted to invest it, uh, coming to you, I mean, you've made it so simple. Uh, in layman's terms, that you've broke everything down that I, I understand. Um, and that's what I like a lot about you. Uh, and plus, like, we can just shoot the shit whenever we chat. Right. I feel like I can just drop you a message or a text whenever whenever I have a question or don't understand something, and you're always super quick to get back. But I just like the way that you make it relatable to, you know, like a, a common person. Well, yeah, and I try to be because I'm not that bright, right? So I have to, I can't explain. (laughs) (laughs) I was just kidding, but thank you for that. That was very nice. Yeah, yeah, thanks thanks a lot, Nathan. That was fun. Um, I look forward to seeing what you guys do. If you open anything else, I'll be a huge fan, I'm sure. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to building the relationship hopefully we have you on again and just anybody that's in the restaurant business or you know this is a great one to listen to i'll get salish on hopefully if she'll if she'll talk to me and and hopefully meet mike and and uh yeah i I think that's about it yeah thanks ken that's awesome let's go for lunch let's do it